You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Happy Halloween week, Taylor. Ooh. We've made, as I like to say, we've made it. We have. We've we've made it to another Halloween. Who would I think have I've thought? said that. I know. I think I've said that like a million times, but that's what it feels like sometimes. Well, this is our third Halloween episode. It is. Yeah. This is now a tradition. Yeah. And I was saying to my coworkers today, I'm running out of movie wrecks. <laughs> because uh <laughs> We're making Halloween episodes at such a pace that the yeah. horror film industry can't keep up with We're us. Yeah, outpacing it. And I said it's even it's going to be even worse at Christmas. Oh yeah, I don't even know what's going to happen this Christmas. I'm definitely out of Christmas movie yeah. suggestions. There are less of those. So I don't know. We'll have to when when we pre-record our Christmas episodes, we'll have to really lean into um, some fan requests. Like yeah. And also, what what fans kind of, you know, maybe maybe we can broaden the category. But I think we no. Now I'm them remembering. I think we did that last year. I think we did a very broad. <laughs> I don't know, maybe we'll, like, maybe we'll do a Hanukkah episode. That'd be great. I, I, that would at least give us something new to talk about a Hanukkah related episode. There's Kwanzaa. that one. Yeah, Kwanzaa. Yeah. Uh, there's that one film that it's not Hanukkah related, but it's. Um, it actually takes place at a funeral, and I can't remember. I think this is part of the Jewish faith where you you have to sit for a period of time and in in sort of these chairs, and like family members come by and and they kind of you know give their condolences and whatever. But it's it's called. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's, it was a really fantastic movie, and all these characters basically just have to sit here, and they're having all this infighting, and they're kind of dealing with each other. But they is have Adam to sit Driver here. in that movie. Yes, I think Adam Driver's in it, um, and I think um, uh, the comedian there who was on Saturday Night Live, Tina Fey. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, girl. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Tina Fey's in it, and it's a very—it's kind of like one of those comedy dramas. Our idiot brother is it? No, no, because our idiot brother is is more of a straight up comedy. Right. I think this this is more like comedic, but it, it's definitely filled with drama. Like there's a lot of drama attached to it. I just can't remember the name. This um, is where well, I leave you. Yes, I yes, that's it. I think that's the movie. Yeah, I just googled yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and the poster is them sitting in the chairs. I definitely yeah. saw this movie, but I don't remember like what happened. It's great. Yeah, it's I I really liked it. Um, again, I I apologize for not being able to remember the specifics o- around it. It's been a long time since I I've actually seen the movie, so I don't want to. Obviously, I want to be respectful of, of other people's beliefs, but I just know that it is a religious cultural reason why they have to sit here. And what brings the comedy and drama to it is that they're actually all arguing with each other before and after this. So so it's actually pretty tense. Uh, situation, so it brings a lot of int- nuance to it, and I, I thought it was a very well done movie for being like kind of a smaller movie that people. I don't think a lot of people even saw it, but I really liked it. I feel like I saw it in theaters. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think I did too. Um, yeah. 
That has nothing to do with Halloween no. or Hanukkah. <laughs> no, oh, no, what? no. Just a random thought that came to my head as we were, as <laughs> you said, Hanukkah. And, uh, that pretty much just sums up the show. I have a yeah. random idea about a movie I saw yeah. once, and I don't this know the name not, of it. This is not the way I thought the show would go. Because <laughs> normally, like, we plan things out to some extent, but for the most part, in my head, I'm like, okay, this is kind of where the show's going to go, and we're supposed to be really making it about Halloween. But we just spent three minutes talking about a movie that doesn't even have to do with anything that we let into it. So here we are. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, but yeah, Welcome Halloween. Me. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Um, we do have a fun episode ahead because yeah. we're going to talk a lot about Halloween. We've got fan questions that are all thematic to Halloween. Our fans stepped up uh, all the questions. I love when this happens. All of them are on on task with what's going on here, which is great. Um, we're going to get some reviews uh, for a lot of different things, actually, because we're we're going to talk about the Netflix series. I guess it's the Haunting series, right? Because this is the second season, but a completely different story, right? Like the Haunting of Hill House, and now the Haunting of was it Bly Manor? Bly Manor. That's a good. I keep saying Blythe, but it's. Bly. I know. I mean, that makes more sense. Um, but it's the Haunting series, right? Like that's I the don't idea. know. Let me. Google it real quick. Okay. So let them. I, yeah, because I I think that like that's. I mean, I like that idea. I like that idea of you know you've got e- either the same or similar cast. You're right. You're doing it with is them. okay. The haunting anthology. Anthology. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about the Conjuring universe of films, which is great, and I I'm looking forward to that. And Taylor, you've prepared something for me that you did tell me a little bit about, but I'm also a little in the dark as to how this is going to go, but you've prepared a little fun thing. So we're going to do that too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll get into <laughs> oh, it. Well, there's an and. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was, there's something uh, else? <laughs> in my mind, I was checking. Okay. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to talk about the conjuring universe. Yep. We're going to do my review of Bly Manor. And then I was like, what else are we doing? Nope, that's that's it. No, oh, that's it. Yeah, um, I think that'll be enough. <laughs> I think we'll we're usually strapped for time anyway. Yeah. Like we're so. I have a. I can talk to. I can do a review of Hubie Halloween, Adam Sandler's new movie. Dan and I watched that a couple weeks ago, but we'll see if we have enough time. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. We could do. We could do an episode just about the disappointment that is Adam Sandler, but. You know, no, it was. What it was good? Yeah, for like, I think you have to be <laughs> well, a fan. Hold on, of, hold on. You have to was be a fan. Of, you have to be a fan of Adam Sandler, and obviously, you're not, so you won't like it. No, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Adam Sandler when his stuff is good. Oh, like, like I, just I, fair. Like his Netflix stuff has a reputation of not being good, but well, I even, was, even prior to that, like Pixels was awful. Jack and Jill looked, oh, I didn't yeah. even see it. It just looked like a disaster. Like he, there was a point where he stopped caring, I think. And he's doing these things for the money, which I would hope means he does more things like uncut gems, and this other stuff, but I don't know if that's happening. But to me, I think Adam Sandler has just stopped caring. And I think you can see it in his performance. I think he looks bored. I think he looks like he doesn't want to be there. He just comes out of his trailer, says his lines and leaves. That's the impression I get. So I if this film know. goes against that, then great. I don't even know if it is about the money for him. Like, I think he just likes making movies and like, making like this movies is just with his, his sense buddies. of humor with his buddies. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, I you're, think to yeah. him, it's just like, like, I think of like my high school friends 
there's yeah. a bunch of guys who took Comtech and they just liked making stupid movies together. <laughs> but they probably looked like they were enjoying themselves in the movies. Fair enough. It looks like he's enjoying himself in Hubie Halloween. Uh, okay, all right, because it doesn't look like he's enjoying himself doing literally anything else. But that's fine. Hey, maybe they. they you know what? Let's make time for this. We'll we'll fit this in there because I'm really interested to to see what you thought about that. So okay, we'll 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 make the time. We'll figure it out. Um, but let's get to fan questions then before we run out of time. Um, <laughs> so let's dive right into this. Uh, we've got now. I got to go back here. I didn't organize this the way I should have. Okay, first fan question. Um, comes from Tayson, who says, uh, hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast for nearly two years and really wow. enjoyed it. Um, I've never written in before, but I was wondering if you could help me out. On Halloween weekend, my work is having a small, socially distanced Halloween party. They're renting a projector and a screen to, to screen a scary movie. Um, they've left me in charge of picking the movie they considered because they consider me the movie guy. It's going to be such a spooky setting and I don't want to screw it up. I'd like to make everyone boop themselves out of fear. Any terrifying movie recommendations that would be crowd pleasers. Thanks guys. Keep up the good work. Wow. Your work's putting you under pressure. That is so stressful. I'm stressed. I, I'm I'm having like I'm starting to sweat like I'm having secondhand stress. My like, palms oh, are sweaty. Yeah, like Tayson, jeez. Um, I mean, well, I think there's a couple that we're going to talk about today that I would consider yeah. scary for anybody. Like the, I, I think the first Conjuring movie and the Conjuring two are both legitimately scary movies, even if you're not someone who is often scared by movies or you're not into horror movies. I think not only are they good movies, but I do think they're very scary. So I have a quick question for you, Mike, before I give you my list, because you emailed me earlier today saying someone Mm -hmm. was asking for a list of scary movies. Is this the same person? This is is the person. Yes. Okay. Well, had I known that, like, given the circumstances, now I feel like my answer has to change a little bit. Well, you got to find the scariest movie because we can't let him down and we can't let the work down. I don't know where Tayson you work, but uh, we yeah. don't want to let your That's crew down. That's another thing. So. Like, who, who, where is this? Because I don't know. So a lot I'm of follow up question, and I want to hear. I want to hear from Tayson later if whatever was picked and how people felt about it. Even if you don't pick something we suggest today, let us know how this goes because I'd be very curious to see what happened. Dang, like this is a lot of pressure. So I made this list not thinking that it was going to be under these very specific conditions so well, then i need you to edit your list right now because i'm stressed be, <laughs> so yeah. i need you to bring your a game it and edit this list scary, <laughs> but a crowd pleaser so based on what um what that description we re- received my gut instinct is to recommend evil dead 2 um is evil which dead is a, 2 scary though it's scary but it's a horror comedy yeah, so, it, it definitely um, a crowd pleaser. People why, will love that yeah, movie. That's why I would my gut my gut tells me Evil Dead 2, it's a horror comedy. It is scary, but it also has humor. Um it's a cult classic. It's very like audience participation. So that's my gut instinct, which is very different than the list I put together. I wish you gave me all of these details, Mike. Well, what I told you put together scary movies because yeah. Tayson specifically says that that uh, the idea is to make people scared. I mean, so I, I think that 
I think that like, yeah, maybe Evil Dead 2 is is a good movie. And I think a lot of people would have fun with it because enjoy the it. thing they will enjoy it. There's scary moments. There's also funny moments. But I think more along the lines of The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, and The Visit are some of the movies oh, I the recommend. The Visit was on my list. Yeah, because The Visit's a legitimately scary movie. So this is the list that I put together. Let's hear so it. So I picked movies that um, – which may not be considered like either critically the best or necessarily like fan favorites, but these were movies that I watched and really stuck with me and yeah. are scary. Yeah. Um, they're not necessarily going to be crowd pleasers per se, but these are the movies that scare Taylor. So number one is The Exorcist. I honestly Great. don't yeah. think you can go wrong showing the original Exorcist. I totally um, agree. And I think also in a group setting, I would, in given the circumstances, I think any sort of classic horror movie would be a good choice. So The Exorcist, um, Amityville Horror, or Poltergeist all would be good um, picks. I personally think they are scary. And yep. the good thing about classic horror film is that they rely on... Um, the special effects. What do we call those again, Mike? The, what the the like? What type of special effects? Like, like the, the practical real, ones. Practical. So they're practical, practical special, special effects. effects. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I find are more scary than CGI or what have you. And those films you all listed don't rely too heavily on jump scares because jump no. scares is more startling, whereas the films you just mentioned are more atmospheric, which creates, I think more of the fear factor and within that same vein but i would say is considered a classic now at least the blair witch project i think that movie really stands up really you don't think so i just i can't i can't take it super seriously as because part of it's the been, problem it's been turned into a meme yeah, because it's been turned into I mean, I definitely agree with you at the time of, but now I just can't take it seriously enough where I think you you have to put yourself in a very serious like this could be real mindset and that's what makes it so so scary. So it depends if 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 all of the people at this work function haven't ever really heard of the Blair Witch project, or maybe they heard through the grapevine but they don't know anything about it, then it could work. Some other movies that I have on the list are, um, like you said, Mike, The Visit and the Visit. It, and It Follows, which I've recommended before. I just caution that these ones aren't necessarily um, like they are good in a group, but just given that it's such mixed company with it being a work function, yeah, that's, that that's very true. I don't know if they're going to appeal to everyone, but I really It Follows and The Visit. Both those movies terrified me. But again, it's a very certain type of horror. It's, it's yeah. much slower. It's very atmospheric. Um, and on the same vein, The Witch. Like, I loved The Witch. I found that movie horrifying. But um, I don't think it's necessarily going to be what um, is going to go over at a work function. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the witch just doesn't quite fit in in this particular atmosphere. That's why I was kind of more inclined to say, like, I think the visit can work, and I think it's 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 legitimately scary. And I think there's a lot of 
fun moments you can have with a crowd. Um, I, I love the classic film suggestions that you're bringing up. I think The Exorcist is, a, is another perfect one. Um, I, again, I still want to add in The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2 because I'm not someone who's scared easily. Um, I get startled a lot, but again, jump scares and, and being scared, I think, are two completely different things. I think but The, the Conjuring and Conjuring 2 scared me. See, I actually, Conjuring 2 is low on my list of Conjuring Universe movie racks. But that has the nun in it, Taylor. Uh, well, you can you can just watch the nun, but I would certainly say the Conjuring, <laughs> the first Conjuring, yes. Um, the final movie that I have on this list, and I wasn't actually going in any particular order, just kind of lumping them together. Um, this one again, I I would caution, maybe not showing it. Um, it's an Australian slasher flick. Um, well, I, I don't I don't even know if you can call it a slasher flick, but it's um uh it's it's called the loved ones it came out um several years ago and um that movie if you're into more gore like body horror uh slasher in the sense that there is like a a lot of bodily harm that um occurs but again with um with like full-on gore i wouldn't necessarily recommend that for um uh a group watch yeah. with mixed company you really yeah. need to know the type of movie preferences yeah because bo- body horror stuff doesn't go over well with a with a lot some people and then it does with others so it, it, it might be that might be one that you might want to stay away from I, think ghosts, thing. I mean it sounds interesting but i think ghosts like like classic supernatural horror that's yes. a safe bet for a Definitely. group setting Definitely. so that's why i would even maybe not include the visit um, because it's not, well, I don't want to give the, the twist away at the, for the visit, but it, so in summary, I would definitely recommend the exorcist, Amityville horror, poltergeist, the Blair witch project. Um, if you can get over the meme factor, um, if you're looking for something a little bit more, uh, you know, cult classic, a little bit more audience participation, and you don't mind veering into the comedy evil dead Two. my gut says evil dead Two. Um, that's what I would go for. Well, I feel like we've given a lot of different options here, at least in terms of depending upon the type of movie that you, you want to bring. If you really want to scare people, then you might want to go one direction. But if you're looking for something that's like scary, but like crowd pleasing too, you can have a lot of fun with a group and laugh and stuff. Yeah. Evil Dead 2 could definitely fit in that. So let us know though. Let us know how this goes. I'm really interested to see what movie is selected and then what everybody at the, the work function, uh, thought about it. Gosh, um, I would love to know what kind of work function this is. Yes, also include that. What type of work function? Like, do you work this? for a bar? Like, or like, or is it like a bunch of like teachers? Like, I would just love to. <laughs> okay. Well, like, that's the where on the bar teacher. Like, are, do you this? like work for a tattoo parlor? Like, I like, I really wish I knew. <laughs> Like, well, okay, that information is not in the email. So I mean, you want information that's not being provided. Um, I know, it's too late. So anyways, <laughs> I didn't know day, tell us the what context. you picked. Tell us how it goes over. I'd love to yeah. hear it. Yeah. Um, all right, next question comes from Nicole. Your friend Nicole has, yeah. has emailed us, um, says, Hey, Taylor and Mike, um, I know you don't do spoilers, but episode five and nine of Bly Manor, Am I Right?, um, so nine is the season finale. Um, 
five and nine. I have to look up what episode. Okay, five well, I'll, I'll I'll continue um, with this because we're going to talk about that later anyway. But I'll continue with your email. But maybe think about that. What you want to say about five and nine? Because we've got an "Am I right?" from Nicole. Um, Nicole continues to say, "I feel like you can't even compare the series to Hill House because it feels so different." Have either of you ever read Henry James's horror? If so, uh, which ones have you read? Did you feel like Bly Manor did James's work justice? Danny and Jamie forever. Sign Nicole. So I haven't seen this series, so none of this meant nothing to me. This entire email. Um, so, so let me just. So yes, the season finale gutted had a little bit of a a little cry, just like I cried at the end of Haunting of Hill House. The writers really know how to. Um, pull on your heartstrings let's just put it that way so let's see what that's nine eight seven six um i don't know if i liked episode five if this is what i'm thinking it is um so like i don't know like maybe i'll just give my review of lot of blind manor now because of nicole's question but essentially um that's fine nicole's right you really really (laughs) you really can't compare the two series in Mm. in my mind um yes it has the same actors yes the writers i mean i to be honest i don't know if it's the same writers but um the atmospherically they feel very different i would say that um the haunting of hill house was a very much a traditional haunted house story um and i would say have has more traditional scares um whereas the haunting of blind manor it was a lot more sort of a a gothic setup Uh, it was a lot more um the it relied less on scares and more just a feeling of unease um i would say out of the two, I preferred A Haunting of Hill House, but um, I still think that The Haunting of Bly Manor was a very worthy contribution to this anthology, and I hope that the anthology grows. Um, no, I don't think I've read any of Henry James's work, as far as I know. Um, he wrote The Turn of the Screw, which is what Bly Manor is based off of. So I had read the original source material for The Haunting of Hill House, um, but for this turnaround, I did I did not read um, the original source material. However, I had seen The Turn of the Screw. Um, I think I've seen actually two adaptations of Turn of the Screw. Um, one of them actually has Marlo Brando in it. And I've oh. seen, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen both. So um, I was very familiar with the source material, but um, to answer Nicole's question, no, I have not read the actual work. Um, Episode nine, Nicole's referring to episode nine, which is the season finale. It was, uh, it it had quite the punch. I thought it was a really beautiful way to end the series. Just like um, the haunting of Hill house had a really beautiful ending as well. Um, I didn't really like some of the twists and the turns that this series took. Um, I like linear storytelling and just like The Haunting of Hill House, which plays with concepts of time, but I think they do it in a more subtle way. And it's only until the final episode that you realize that they've been playing with different timelines with the, oh. with Bly Manor. Um, 
it's very evident from the beginning that they're playing with different timelines. And I just would have liked a more traditional um, sort of narrative structure. So for instance, um, we go through more or less the story. We know that some things are jumping around. We know that some of the timelines aren't quite right. And then all of a sudden on um, episode eight, it can, it does a complete turn and the whole episode is a flashback from like hundreds of years ago um filmed in black and white with like a lot of narration i did not care for that okay so you thought that didn't work that wasn't no so some of the jumping like it wasn't for me and i think i think episode five the yeah episode five if it's what i think it is it's um it's uh it's one of these episodes that really was playing with different timelines and like quite obviously um i guess nicole by her her comment she liked episode five i actually wasn't a huge fan and again because it (laughs) wasn't a traditional narrative structure yeah i'm getting the feeling she liked it but it did clearly didn't work for you i thought um the way that they play with timelines it's interesting because you learn a lot about the story like i wasn't it wasn't so much like I understand why they did the things they did. And in the end, there was a lot of payoff, like especially with the final episode, there definitely is payoff. Um, I just wasn't a huge fan. Um, for people who are going to watch Bly Manor, look out for, um, if anyone's a fan of The Room, um, there is an actor from The Room that makes an appearance, Greg Sestero. I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he, he makes- played like one of the main characters in no. The Room. Yeah, yeah. So he plays one of the main characters in the room. He makes a very, very small appearance in Haunting of Bly Manor. Blink and you might miss it. But um, that's a little Easter egg for you guys. Um, Overall, I would say that it's definitely well worth a watch, especially if you are a fan of Haunting of Hill House. Just know that it's kind of a different... um, it's a different kind of horror story. It's a different kind okay, of. So you can't really go into it trying to compare to the other one. Like no. it's different. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. No. Okay. And I would say um, all of the leads did a very good job. Um, there were some supporting actors, especially in the final episode, that the supporting actors were not good. And mm. I thought so. There's two children actors throughout the whole series. Um, uh, the sister's name is Flora and the brother's name is Miles. I thought Flora did a much better job as a child actor. You know how it can be hit or miss with kid actors? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Flora is was very good. And I actually read, I think she's the, she voices Peppa Pig. So that explains, oh. you know, she's been acting even if yeah, she's voice got, work. <laughs> she's got a little bit of yeah. experience there. Yeah, but yeah. the, the, the young actor who plays Miles, it was a bit clunky to me. Like, I don't think he was at the same level as the actress that plays Flora. But by and large, most of the adult cast, aside from some of the supporting characters in the flashback episode and in um, sort of the bookend, um, you see them a little bit at the beginning, you see them a little bit at the end. Aside from those characters, I would say it was a very good cast. Good writing. I saw one complaint that I saw one, uh, I think it might have been, I don't think it was the AV club, but someone someone described it as this series has just been like a master class in monologue. Like, like there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of monologue. And I think some people didn't really like that. I didn't mind that. It was just the, yeah. the timeline 
flipping that I wasn't a huge fan of. But overall, so you, it's a stream app. So, so if you take that out, you you thought it was a solid series otherwise. It was just the time flipping that was really turning you off? Yeah. And, like, at the end of the day, like, you didn't really – they had this story device, but – they didn't like at the end of the day, if you took it out, I don't think you would have missed it. You would have still been able to tell the whole story, how they wanted to tell it without, I don't want to give, I don't want to give anything away, but essentially for anyone who's, who ends up watching the series, the getting tucked away in a dream, all of that, the tucking away in a dream, I don't think they needed it. Hmm. So anyone who's seen it and um, knows what I'm talking about, let me know what you thought of that um personally i think they could have cut that all out and it would have still made sense narratively um sometimes you don't need to overcomplicate a ghost story yeah yeah i I mean i would be interested to see if other people who've watched it what they think of that like if if they had the same feeling you did of it not being necessary it overcomplicating it too much yeah so um i know that was kind of like a, we took a little bit of a twisty turn on that review <laughs> but we might as well it was uh you know might as well have answered the question right and That's, give a yeah, review absolutely. at the same time this is a completely tipsy turvy episode going in all directions so that's, so that's halloween yeah welcome to halloween um <laughs> next question comes from josh uh josh says oh hey only one question this week for both of us what's the worst halloween or halloween related movie you've ever seen okay josh the inquisitor did he so watch the worst? did he watch um herbie hubie halloween is that why he's i don't know <laughs> maybe he didn't say. <laughs> I don't think that's the worst Halloween movie. So this was another one that you gave me um, like notice on. And I thought of it more as like horror. But now that I'm hearing the question again, maybe I oh, should wait, have picked like a Halloween. <laughs> what did I say to you? Because I've already got burned once for my text to you. Let me see You here. did say Halloween. I said Halloween themed. Yeah. yeah, that's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, I just was... Uh... <laughs> Not paying attention. Yeah, um, so anyways, why don't you answer, Mike? What's the worst Halloween sure. movie you've seen? Um, well, I, I was torn between a couple because I also took it the horror direction a little bit as well because I, I kind of lumped those together. Anything around that's horror, spooky, kind of that that Halloween themed. And like I, I really was trying to rack my brain of like, okay, what was something that was just either a disappointment or I came out of it being like this completely missed the mark for me. And the only thing that I could think of was going back to the end days of the first M. Night Shyamalan run of films, where he did um, he did a couple films in a row that were just misses completely, and one of them was The Village. Um, so that's the village that's know, kind of been turned into a meme. It has been, um, and The Village was coming off. He had done Signs. Um, he had done Unbreakable and he had done um, Sixth Sense and all these movies. And this was the first movie that kind of kicked off his downfall because I didn't even see the next one he did because of how bad The Village was. And I remember seeing it around Halloween and being very excited because I thought Signs was very good. I've always liked kind of M. Night Shyamalan's horror because it is very um, atmospheric and he sets up and it's a slow, slow crawl to something interesting happening. And I just thought The Village was a slow crawl to nothing. Um, So I, I really put The Village there because it was the only movie that I thought like I went to see it. I was excited and I was just 
thoroughly disappointed um, and uninterested in it. Other bad movies around Halloween, some of them I just I don't know, I just don't revisit again. I don't really think about this was the one that popped into my head that was like I was anticipating this movie and excited about it. And when I saw it, I was thoroughly disappointed. So to me it's gotta be the village um from from M. Night Shyamalan. I can't think of any like Halloween movies that are horrible. Um and to be honest, we've talked about this before. It's always really hard for me to pick sort of quote unquote the worst movie or movies that have disappointed me because at the end of the day normally what happens is I just forget about it like yeah that's like, fair. like I'm sure there's been <laughs> many many movies I've seen that were not good and I left the theater kind of like Ugh, but I don't yeah. remember them I would also say uh, on the flip side any horror movie that I watch in theaters with friends or, you know, if I've seen a horror movie at a Halloween party or you go over to someone's house and watch a horror movie, even if that movie isn't very good at the end of the day, normally the experience of being with your friends and, you know, watching the movie together, that in itself um, kind of fixes the movie for me. So again, that's why it's kind of hard for me to point my finger at anyone. Um, Nicole can... Uh, remind me, I'm. We saw House of Wax together in 2005 in theaters with Paris Hilton. Her dad yeah, fell asleep. We were like, yeah. it was a matinee. Um, Ted fell asleep, and there was like one other guy like by himself in the movie theater, which we were really creeped out about. So I would say that, and Nicole can correct me if I'm wrong. She may just like it, but um, watching that movie, like it was a bad movie. House of Wax <laughs> with Paris Hilton is a yeah. bad movie. Because, I, I didn't see it because I thought it looked horrible. Yeah. It's, it's a bad movie from start to finish, but like, you know, I saw it with my best friend. Like it was, it was an experience and the, going to that movie, probably the same way how we feel about Skeleton Key. Cause I saw that with Nicole, you know, whether or not that movie is actually good. I, my memory is, you know, imperfect, but the experience of going um, was good. Another movie that I was disappointed by was Drag Me to Hell, um, which is actually by the same uh, Sam Raimi um, who oh. made the Evil Dead movies. This was supposed to be kind of like, you know, this movie was really hyped up when it first came out um, in the sense that it was kind of like him, like, it's not a sequel to Evil Dead, but, you know, it was like, if you like Evil Dead, you're going to like Drag Me to Hell. I was pretty disappointed yeah. by Drag Me to Hell. Um, I'm not going to say it's like the worst movie ever made, but that was pretty disappointing. And then it wouldn't be a show if I didn't mention Hereditary. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't like Hereditary no. and everyone else in the world yeah, loves it. <laughs> thoroughly disappointed by that one. Um, I don't think it's scary. So back to our fan question about what movies would you recommend for a group? Would not recommend that one because it's not scary. People who were scared by that movie, you're wrong. <laughs> so, <Wow>. um, <laughs> coming with the bold takes. <laughs> That's my okay, fans, take. do your thing. Uh, <laughs> right okay. in. Predatory, not scary. Midsummer, not scary. Um, what's up? These horror movies. I just saw something recently, essentially being like, who decided that horror movies have to be scary? And that's uh, when more that's what? when horror movies stopped being good. And it's like, <laughs> no, like they're supposed to be scary. That's like, that's, like saying who who says a comedy doesn't need to funny. be like needs to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> um wow. I just I think I saw that today being like, oh, 
horror movies really went downhill when someone decided that they have to be scary and now they rely on jump scares. That was like the worst hot take I've ever seen about horror movies. Well, I but think, I think, I think maybe that person's just confused a little bit. Like maybe they're just a little confused because I, I mean, I, very recently I was listening to another movie show and they were talking about the differences between being startled and being scared. And like, maybe they're saying, movies have to startle you and now there's there people rely on jump scares because jump scares aren't scary they're startling like if you walk up to someone and go boo they're not afraid they might be startled but i don't think they're afraid you know what i mean like i i that might be a very subtle nuance but to me that's very i think that's very important you can be startled by something you're not expecting flying by your head but that doesn't mean you're. but you agree with me a horror movie should be scary 100% this should be scary. 100% this should be scary. I don't think they have to be necessarily startling, but they do have to be scary. And I think that a lot of horror movies do that very well. And the ones that don't aren't as good. (laughs) And I don't know who this person is writing this think piece, but I don't think that's a very good premise. (laughs) Bad, bad, bad take. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you, uh, Josh, Nicole, um, and Tayson for your, for writing in this week. Um, Hopefully, we've given everybody some some good suggestions so far um, for for Halloween stuff, and, and we'll see kind of how that goes. But everybody, please, if you love Hereditary, write on in, write in, let us know. Taylor will take it. <laughs> we'll take all the heat on this one. A month of special episodes where there won't be time for <laughs> that's <fan> true. <laughs> that's true. You're timing this at the perfect time. Actually, that that gives me uh, that gives me. Uh, a good lead-in to, to reminding people that uh, we're actually we've got a couple things that might be changing actually next week but we'll let people know about that soon but for the month of November at least uh, fan questions are going to have to shift a little bit we're going to just focus on the movies we're doing for our movie club that's coming up so if you normally write in with fan questions you can still write in but we're probably just going to do a mailbag episode early in December to to wrap up with fan questions so that's when we'll deal with this heredity situation yeah. uh, we'll deal with that in december but just as a reminder to people feel free to still write in questions but anything that's time sensitive we won't be answering right away um, if you're part of our movie club if you sign up for that you can absolutely still write in and talk about those movies but we just won't have time to do the same fan questions so we'll have more on that as we go but just go to our website screening you can get all the information right there uh, about our movie club and we'll do a quick reminder at the end of the episode about that um, but thank you taylor for reminding me uh but yeah good timing for you say something uh controversial when people can't respond so brave yet so controversial (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so let's continue with some halloweeny stuff and let's talk a little bit more about the conjuring universe of films yeah um let's let's chat about this because i i'm gonna make another bold statement that i don't think is a bold statement because i don't think there's any way yeah go ahead guess the conjuring the marvel of horror movies Yes, it is. The Conjuring (laughs) is the marvel of horror movies because the Conjuring universe is the only other successful cinematic universe in current existence. Or I think that has ever existed, period. Yeah, actually, I'll say ever existed. Number one is Marvel, number two, Conjuring. That's it. I'm sure Harry Potter fans would take offense to that. I I don't agree that it's successful because they they had seven or eight movies, and then the Fantastic Beast movies I don't think have been that successful. Box office wise, the first one was very successful the second one took a huge dip and i I don't think critically they're even remotely 
successful. I think to have a cinematic universe, you have to be able to to sidetrack and then get back on track successfully. Marvel does it, and I'm going to say The Conjuring has done it because, Taylor, quick, quick little thing. This is going to shock everybody out there, okay? I finally watched The Nun. <gasps> I was going to ask. I finally watched The Nun. So I've only I've only got one movie in the Conjuring universe that I haven't seen, but I finally watched The Nun, and I think The Nun is the Ant-Man of of this cinematic universe. Is that good or bad? It's, a, that, it's good. It's a sidetrack for a little bit of a, a campy adventure, but it but it connects in the way it needs to connect. Um, it. And it and you know I, I think it, it, it does works what it sense. needs to do. Exactly. Because I'll say the nun movie is a little more campier than the other ones. Um, it's a little bit more tongue in cheek in, in moments. And I don't think necessarily always intentionally. Um, but it's like, it's only an hour and a half long. It's fine. And it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty tight, tight movie. And I really enjoyed it for the most part, even though I was very terrified um, of all the nun moments. Um, I, I think they did a very good job with it. And I think it's a very like well put together tight movie. Agreed. So what did you want to, I, I ranked my Conjuring movie. Yeah, I did as well. Why don't we do our rankings first and then we can get into the little thing that you want to do. Okay. So did you end up watching the curse of La Llorona? That's the only one I have not seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Everything else I haven't seen. Okay, great. So we're leaving that off. Yeah. Okay. Uh, according to critics and, and in fans, it's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> so I think I we're think... not missing anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So my number one is The Conjuring. Like, the first one. Best one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you when we're in agreement, and we're in agreement. Okay. And Conjuring, then... number one. I'm going to say something um, brave or controversial. Number two, Annabelle Comes Home. You know what my number two is, Taylor? What? Annabelle Comes Home. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not that know. controversial. I Annabelle Comes Home is a fantastic movie. I don't know if just as time goes on, we're getting more in sync, Mike, or it, Mercury's in retrograde. But the last couple of episodes when we've been making lists, we've been on the same page. Um, I think it's probably just because we're right <laughs> not because of mercury or i don't know what you just said but not because of mercury i think it's because this is the here this is the thing about annabelle comes home annabelle comes home beyond being a good horror movie is a fantastic movie just like the conjuring like annabelle comes home is one of the ones i've rewatched recently and it's 100 one of my favorites i love the the way that this film series and this one movie in particular can stick you with a couple characters isolate those characters and make it feel fun and adventurous and like it's over too quickly yeah and not in a bad way not in the like oh this movie had nothing in it it's like i want more from these characters um all of them like no i i totally agree with you i think annabelle comes home is great i really love the relationship between um Judy Warren uh, and um, I can't remember the name the of babysitter. the babysitter who who also was in the new Jumanji movies and does a great job in those as well. Great actor. Um, she, uh, I think they do such a good job of building this very almost big sister-like relationship. And I really, really liked that. Like I, I really loved how the three sort of main women of the, of this particular movie interact with each other and it's all focused on them i really liked it they had good chemistry i don't think people yeah. 
normally when you hear oh the cast had I don't they had good chemistry you think of it in sort of the romantic sense I don't think we use it enough just with like ensemble casts oh like, for sure they felt, I agree with you yeah like it felt realistic all three of them like again as I said it, it centers around three young women you've got Judy Warren so the, the daughter of of the Warrens and then you've got her babysitter and her babysitter's best friend and I thought the chemistry between the three of them was fantastic like the the this movie is funny in moments it's heartfelt in moments it's scary in moments it's uh intriguing like i loved the exploration of the warren's room of like all the different artifacts and stuff that this movie starts to dive into yeah i i thought i couldn't agree with you more like so far we're on the same page conjuring number one annabelle comes home number two and even um i don't want to obviously we don't want to do any spoilers but the the boy the young boy that gets thrown into the cast um, oh yeah, <laughs> the love interest, so to speak. He's great. Um, he is great. Yeah, yeah. he is very yeah. good. Yeah, it's a yeah, good. It's, I, it's a fun one. Like where he, it's like the Conjuring is pretty bleak and dark. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just like I would say like scary. I think Annabelle mm-hmm. comes home is a good. Um, it mixes that almost like a like a buddy. Like mm-hmm. in the sense like the Goonies, you know, like you yes, have friends yes. who are it's scary, but you're rooting for them and there's moments of humor. Yeah. So yeah. The best yeah. cinematic universes, which is this one in Marvel are able to take a theme or an overall feeling, but expand it and do different things with it. Not all of these can be, can be the dark, scary conjuring movies. Sometimes you have to branch out and this series has done it effectively. So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and yeah, it's a great, great film. Okay. So what's number three for you? The nun. Okay, so this is where we're going to get a little different. Yeah. Um, because I put The Nun a little bit lower. But okay, but I, I love The Nun. But uh, yeah, tell me tell me your thoughts on The Nun. I just, um, I really, so I love a movie with a good Catholic subtext. And you can't get any more <laughs> Catholic than The Nun. Very true. There's there's nothing more Catholic so than already, that. So already I'm biased. Um, and um yeah like I agree it was I wouldn't at first have described it as campy but you saying that yeah it definitely is a little bit um I think it harkens back to almost like hammer horror films of the 60s which yeah it's spooky it's scary like uh are they hamming it up a bit yes Mm -hmm. but like it's all part of the experience yeah, um, like in a good way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like sometimes the I think the the hamminess kind of could could not work, but I I will say just to kind of qualify what I said, it to me it still worked in this movie for the most part. Um the, I just I really think about, you know, I don't know if you remember this particular line, but it's rung in my head since I've watched this. I'm French Canadian. Like that moment. <laughs> oh, is with like, the cross. Yeah, that, and he brings with, the, cross with the cross into the Yes, with the cross. Yeah, yeah like I'm French Canadian. Boom. Like that those moments it. to me are like that's camp, but somehow they make it work in this and that's movie. Why, like they make it work. And that's why I love the genre of horror is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. And that's probably no. why I don't like Hereditary and Midsummer. I think it takes, it takes itself too, too seriously. seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and again, good cinematic universes do not take themselves too seriously, yeah. but within the context of it, it makes sense. And I, again, I think The Nun is another movie that has strong chemistry between all of our lead performers and it and it you you kind of get people with a lot of different backgrounds in terms of where they're coming from but the the sort of main trio that we spend time with 
I think all of them, like as as an adventure film, these three really worked well together. Agreed. And I would mention, I would like to say, um, in the set, the in the same vein of it not taking itself too seriously, it does get a little outrageous, like yeah. how they, you know, <laughs> how they end up like stopping the evil or uh, like, you yep. know, like slowing the evil. Cause as we know, mm-hmm. the nun is in the present day as well as in the past. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. Is it a little bit wild? Is it a little insane? Yes. But again, Absolutely. a good, you know, a good horror movie isn't afraid to go there, even if it is a little silly. Um, I'm not necessarily looking for realism when I'm watching a horror movie. You know, I hate when no. people are like, Oh, that's not believable. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay like yeah. like I, I you know I, do I believe in the supernatural uh you know I there are some things we cannot explain you know there are um th- there may very well be ghosts so I'm just gonna leave it at that um do I think that dolls can you know get up and walk around no but I'm still gonna be scared by it on screen so I hate that I hate that oh it's not realistic like is any of it realistic though like come on so my fourth and why I put the nun above my the movie that I put Mm -hmm. in the fourth spot is because it's just kind of stayed with me more okay and it might just be because I've seen the nun more recently whatever Um, so my fourth movie is the conjuring 2 Okay, so you and I just have those reversed. Because to me, my third is The Conjuring 2, fourth is The Nun. Okay. And I think The Conjuring, I saw it in theaters, and I enjoyed the movie-going experience. I haven't seen it since. I think, like, the ghost story in The Conjuring 2, to me, isn't as riveting. Um, And I think it's a a very good movie, and it's, it's worth it. Your recommendation of it kind of being a double header, like watching The Conjuring and then watching The Conjuring 2, that makes a lot of sense. I think um, they pair very, very well together. And I would even say um, The Conjuring and Annabelle Comes Home would pair really well together. You know. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, if you, can, if you can have a night of The Conjuring, Annabelle Comes Home, The Conjuring 2, The Nun, like if those four movies – like again, this is what a good cinematic universe does. It flows well together. So um, my fifth movie is Annabelle Creation. Okay. And then the final one being Annabelle. Annabelle. So again, we have those flipped. I have Annabelle 5 and Annabelle Creation 6. So I want to make sure that I have it right, though. Annabelle Creation came out after Annabelle, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yes. So Annabelle was the first one. Annabelle Creation was the second. And Annabelle Comes Home was the third in the like Annabelle trilogy. Yeah, the Annabelle together. Creation is the one that takes place in the orphanage. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I liked that one more than the other Annabelle. See, I the I liked the other Annabelle a little bit more for kind of the the opposite reasons of everything we just talked about about realism. I really liked the groundingness of the first Annabelle movie, where it really centered around the incident at the beginning, the kind of aftermath, sort of dealing dealing with kind of the the you know, the eventual, the child thing. And you've got the woman who's pregnant and like, I don't know, for whatever reason, I found that movie stuck with me a little bit more than Annabelle creation. Again, when I rank them one to six, like I liked all these movies. I just think Annabelle creation for me seemed a little more uh, throwing everything against the wall to me. Whereas Annabelle was a pretty concise story. But with that being said, I, I can't argue with you. I'm not going to say like flipping these around to me is, is just 
it's all about personal preference yeah. at this point. Like I like these movies. I don't know if you agree, like you enjoyed all these movies. Like I, to different degrees, I enjoyed all six of these movies. I'll say again, maybe the only movie, and it might be because um, I should say, I've seen all of these movies in theaters. Um, I just don't really remember Annabelle. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. that's, that's totally fair. If it doesn't stick with you, then it's yeah. going to be low on your list. But again, yeah. I think they're all worth a watch. Um, Absolutely. And not all of them have been, you know, critically acclaimed. The Nun has a pretty poor rating. A couple of the Which Annabelle. I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, I like, as really... someone who sees a lot of movies, I loved The Nun. I thought it was really It enjoyable. was a fun ride. And sometimes yeah. that's what, especially if you're seeing a movie in theaters, right? I think these, like the your Marvel movies, these movies mm. lend themselves really well to movie-going experiences. And I completely agree. I think like it's you, the nun was fun from start to finish. You're in a theater with a bunch of other people. Um, yeah, like I I don't know. I don't know what the hate is for the nun. Um, yeah, but yeah. So that would be, there, yeah. and then obviously you and I were uh, the curse of the La Llorona, whatever. Yeah, I'll eventually see it. I mean, it's on there. I've got it on one of my streaming platforms. I can grab it anytime. I think it's on Crave, but yeah, I'm just not <laughs> I'll, in a I'll rush. Yeah, me neither. I'll get to it. Um, so just in the time we have left, you have a little thing you wanted me to do. So let's let's get to it. Okay, so this is exciting for everyone, and I hope you guys can partake at home. The next movie, um, which will be essentially The Conjuring 3, um, so part of sort of the main cinematic universe, it's going to be called The Devil Made Me Do It. And it is based on the trial of Arnie Shanae Johnson, um, which is also known as The Devil Made Me Do It case, which is a true, genuine case that the Warrens were involved in. And it is the first known court case in the United States in which the defense sought to prove innocence based upon the defendant's claim of demonic possession and denial of personal responsibility for the crime. So in 1981, um, in Connecticut, Arnie Shanane Johnson was convicted of first-degree manslaughter for the killing of his landlord, and his um, defense was that, you know, I was possessed, it wasn't me who killed... I mean, it was him who did the killing, but it was because he was possessed by a demon. And so the story goes that um, Arnie's um, essentially stepson, um, David, um, became possessed. And after, and that's when the, the Warrens got involved. And after a series of exorcisms, the demon jumped from David into his stepfather, Arnie, who then committed this manslaughter. So that. The murder actually did take place in real life. Um, The court case really did take place in real life. And the Warrens really were involved in the family and the Warrens um, until until the end. I actually don't remember if Lorraine is alive anymore. She might have passed recently. She passed away in 2018, 2019, like very recently. So until the end, the Warrens 100% say, you know, it was a genuine possession um, Ernie and his um, now wife, because at the time I think they were just dating, but like th- these partners, you know, they 100% say, yes, little David was possessed. The demon jumped into me and then I killed my landlord. So that is the premise of this new movie. And what we're going to do is we're going to fan cast it. So okay. the movie has been cast. Um, 
I, aside from the actors who play the Warrens, the, you know, the same actors are repri- reprising their roles. I don't, I wouldn't even want to recast them because I think they do such a great job. And speak of, speaking of chemistry, like you can, when you see them on, uh, on film, you think they must be married, you know, like they, I think yeah. they do a really good job. So Fantastic. Yeah. I want you to cast, um, who you think should play Arnie, the man who did the, the murder. The little boy who play would play David, um, and like a lawyer because it's a court movie. And then there, the possession started because David alleged that an old man was like pushing him and threatening him and like speaking in Latin. And mm. that's that. And then so the this old man was kind of like pushing David around and. He and the parents thought he was just using this old man as an excuse to not do his chores, and then next thing you know, he became possessed. So, who would you want? Who would you want to play a lawyer in this movie? Well, I think uh, my instinct for lawyer is going to go to a little recency bias, but I also think he's a very good actor. I, I really want to see more of Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt, um, and I think that he he was a lawyer in the trial of Chicago Seven, um, and I think as as a lawyer, you want somebody who who can stand up and have a gravitas to like giving, basically interrogating somebody, but can stand up to another lawyer, um, but can also like give you a little bit of sense of like, sh- you know, we don't want to hate the lawyer. We don't yeah. want to hate the lawyer because you want you want to feel a little bit torn as to what you're thinking. So I'm going to go with Joseph Gordon Lovett because I think he's someone that you you listen to him. He's a and he speaks and you look at him and you don't want to hate him. And it could so even be I'm a little bit of comedic relief in the courtroom scene. He could. Yeah. And he could take, you know, he, maybe he's depends on how serious he's taking the case to, you could go with different directions. So yeah, I'm going to go Joseph Gordon. Love it. So, um, the next one we would want to cast is the 11 year old boy, David, who initially mm. is possessed. 11 11's hard because you want you want to you want someone who obviously is of that age range but isn't going to be isn't going to be young so young that um that you can't get the really good acting performance out of them especially if they they have to be possessed right like you need a pretty mm-hmm. solid actor i don't remember the name i'll have to look it up now the name of the the young actor who plays in that tv show young sheldon um, I've heard a lot of really good things about him. I don't know if he's too young. Um, he's kind of creepy. He looks like he's sickly almost. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, very and be, pale. I, yeah, very pale in the face. And I feel like that would work. Like, I feel like you could you could make him look possessed pretty yeah. easy. Uh, Ian Armitage is his name. Um, I think he, he would work just because he's, he's around the right age. He's clearly got some acting chops and yeah, I think he could maybe made to be look possessed. And then who would you, and I, I know people are going to get all my case. I'm probably mispronouncing the person's name, but Arnie Shanane Johnson, the man mm. who later becomes possessed when the demon jumps from David into his body and he murders his landlord. Who would you want? And I would assume mm. they didn't really give an age range, but I assume he was probably like in his thirties. 30s or 40s like around that yeah not yeah not giving an age range is tough and also i guess if i'm casting this young sheldon guy i gotta stick to someone who could be believable as his father um which i I guess i just they have a different they have a different last name so i think this is arnie's the stepdad 
Wonderful. Okay, because then I can go to my list of actual people. Okay, so I have a couple different ones now. There might be there might be some. It's difficult when you're dealing with a court case and you're dealing with murder. You don't necessarily know if race ever played a card in it. So I don't know if I'm if I'm casting when I'm about to say this next name. If I'm going to force the movie into a corner it doesn't want to go into. But just for the acting gravitas in general, Michael B. Jordan is an actor that like I really think could play a father figure, even though he's still a little young. I think he could play a father figure very well. I think he would be believable as someone who who could be in this situation. But again, he's such a likable personality that you want to feel torn yeah. in this. Like he's a bigger guy. Yes, could he take someone's life? He probably could. But he's he's so good on screen. You want to believe like, I, that yes. he was possessed. Yes. That, like, so I almost want to. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I know it's hard during times like this, but like I, I want to kind of forget about race for a second and focus on the strong actor that I'm presenting here. Because I think Michael B. Jordan would be amazing. Um, it does give you the option to go into different directions within the court case if you want. But he's such a good actor that exactly what you just said, if you want to believe he's innocent. And I think that's exactly what you want out of someone playing this role. And then I, we're running out of time. You're going to have to edit this episode. Um, That's okay. Debbie, his, um, what would be the mom of David, essentially. So like the, mm. the birth mother of um, David. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go with someone who um, has had a rough couple of years, but I think is a fantastic actress. Um, Eliza Dushku, um, who you yeah. might know from Bring It On. Bo, Buffy. Uh, Buffy dollhouse uh she's she's someone who i think works in a horror movie and has never really had that opportunity like the dollhouse tv show kind of had a horror element to it and she was very good at that but i I think she can play everything you need the caring mother but also trying to support everybody around her trying to figure out what happened trying to come to defense of her son but i think she could she's She's someone who I, again, just like Michael B. Jordan and and just like young Sheldon, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I'd like to see more from her. Um, and I and I don't think we get to see enough of of a really a really strong performer. So that's kind of why I, I lean towards her. Great. That's a lot of fun. So I'd yeah. watch that movie. Yeah, I, would, I, <laughs> I think it's a solid cast, it's being the person who selected it. But I would go to a movie that had these names in it, right? Like I would be like, oh, oh yeah. I've got to see this. Especially the, especially now that it's it's based on an actual trial that happened, it makes me even more excited for what this conjuring could wait. be. Yeah, and where it could go. That's 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 excellent. Um, we are out of time, unfortunately. I hope everybody did enjoy our Halloween episode. We we love talking about Halloween movies, and we hope that everybody gets a chance to sit down and watch some spooky movies. I'm gonna slip it right in. Go stream Hubie Halloween. It's a stream it. <laughs> it's Halloween. a stream it. There you go. <laughs> Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.